Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most of the Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Dammit Damien. Uh, this week, I sit down and talk with my very, very good friends, the Cheap Girls. Uh, now, the Cheap Girls have just signed a Rise Records. They put out a killer new album uh, called Giant Orange. Uh, it's kind of a weird record label for them to sign up to because Rise Records is one of these like metalcore tween fashion scene i don't know i don't really know too much about the bands on uh, rise records other than i'm not a particularly large fan of them um it's just not my style of music nothing against the bands it's nothing that really excites me so when uh rise records have you know signed hot water music bouncing souls and cheap girls uh they're trying to diversify diversify let's see if we can speak english properly today i uh, know so they're trying to diversify and branch out and sign some really cool bands in the process and i'm very fortunate enough that i've known cheap girls now for about two years i've got to watch their rise from just being this little um garage band from michigan into this uh you know this force that will soon be reckoned with uh the first tour i ever did with drag the river it was about two months after my baby sister had passed away at the ripe old age of 19. So I was in kind of a weird spot in life. And I just wanted to hit the road and travel and, you know, live before it's too late. And I begged and begged and begged John Snodgrass to drag the river to take me out on tour with him. And this was the tour that I did. And it's so lucky and so fortunate that these cats were on it. Uh, it seemed like a weird lineup at first because these guys are very, you know, um, late 90s. No, fuck that. Early 90s alternative rock um the bands that come to mind is smoking popes lemonheads replacements all that you know uh, minneapolis sound um, that was very prevalent in the 90s alternative rock scene and they're playing with you know this um, country punk band that's kind of gone the way of thin lizzie nowadays and but honestly enough they brought the fucking rock every night both bands and it ended up being one of the most interesting diverse lineups i had ever seen and i was very fortunate to be a part of that tour and i became fast friends with these guys uh it was one of their first tours out west it was their first time ever in colorado and it was my first tour and i'm touring along with drag the river and no disrespect to those dudes but you know and all the bands that they've been in they've toured the world countless times and they've seen every city and done all the touristy shit so they're pretty content with hanging out in their hotel rooms but me and the cheap girls we'd go run off get drunk and get in uh adventures i don't remember a lot of this trip because it like i say was a weird part of my life and i just decided to drink myself shitty every night i remember uh we went ghost hunting in um what town is that in Arizona? Oh, it doesn't matter. We went ghost hunting in Arizona and it <laughs> woke up on John Snodgrass's bedroom floor, his hotel room floor when I had my own hotel room that night. So any <laughs> drinking an entire bottle of Jim Beam, I think too as well. But anyway, really good dudes, really fantabulous time. And I'm really stoked to have interviewed him for uh, today's episode. Uh, stay tuned after the episode. I have some bonus live audio from their Denver show with the Menzingers and the Sidekicks. Uh, and another note, like, this is how important these guys are to me, is that I had a chance to sit down and do an interview with the Menzingers. Uh, they were running late for this tour, for this show in particular. Their van had broken down and then broke down the next day afterwards, And uh, but they're still out on the road. But uh, I had a chance to sit down and interview with the Menzingers, but they wanted to do it during the Cheap Girls set because that was about the only time they had. And you know what? I, I'm such a big Cheap Girls fan and just love these dudes so much that while I probably could have gotten a fantabulous, fantastic fucking interview with the Menzingers, I chose to watch my buddies and did not get the Menzingers interview this time. Next time we'll get that. We, I got you guys in my uh, cross, cross eye there. 
Menzingers. Uh, so anyway, um, this episode was once again recorded on a Zoom H1 handy recorder. Uh, if you're looking to podcast and to get into something like this, these damn things only cost about 100 bucks. I've seen them as low as 60 on Amazon. Uh, the one I bought was at Guitar Center for about 100 bucks. Uh, really, really awesome quality for something simple, flying on the go. Uh, so uh, we did this in the basement of the marquee, in their basement green room. It's awesome down there. they got three, four different rooms. You know, lock yourself away, take a little nap while the show's going on. And we locked ourselves into the room. Uh, you can hear the Menzingers, Sidekicks, and Elway drinking, laughing, having fun at points during this interview. But I think that only adds to the fun of it. Um, and like I say, I I'm really, really highly recommend these Zoom handy recorders for podcasting on the go instead of you know going out and buying like a hundred dollar mixing board hundred dollar mics and you know plugging them into your laptop this thing is really good on the fly and the audio recorded at the end is of course recorded uh with this thing and i'm super stoked and surprised on how well it came out uh also after the show i uh drove to fort collins to the chowder house the infamous Chowder House from the Arliss Nancy episode. It's uh, where some of the Arliss Nancy dudes live, and uh, Tim Brown from Elway just moved out of, so we could go tour for two, three months. And uh, we filmed some video of some acoustic songs, me and Ian, uh, at the Arliss Nancy house. So go to mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Uh, we've got songs. Um, let's see. we got uh, Hey, Hey, I'm Worn Out and Chord to Empty. Uh, videos up there and maybe i've got a third video but uh maybe maybe we'll upload that one maybe we won't maybe i'll keep that one just a just a little present to myself so uh check out the audio at the end and then head to mostlyharmlesspodcast.com and check out the uh, videos i've got posted up over there uh without any further ado i'm just gonna quit rambling we're gonna get into today's episode uh it's once again the cheap girls new album giant orange out on rise records right now it's fucking fantastic and uh we're gonna open this bad boy up with uh the first single they released off this album, it's called Ruby. And here we go. Thank you.
Alright, so what's up, buddies? Hey, Damien. What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, since even though I know who you guys are, people people out there in internet land don't know whose voice to what name, so who the fuck are you, dudes? I'm Ben. I'm Adam. Ian. Adam, h- how was your salad? Uh, surprisingly good. Nice. Best part about this club so far. <laughs> Other than seeing me, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I gotta kiss your asses a little bit. Uh, I know, I, we went on that, uh, what, two-week, two-week-long Valentine's Day tour mm-hmm. together? No, it was about two weeks. When you guys were, I was with, uh, Two Cow, you guys were with yourselves. You were with Drag the River. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> let's, let's just start this all over again. It was wishful thinking, I wish I was with Two Cow. I, uh, every time, every time I see Matt, or Micah, or Shane, I'm just like, motherfuckers, when are you going to bring me on tour? Pretty much yeah. the same thing I do to you guys every time I see you guys. Which you guys have a new roadie who is not me, and I'm not happy about that, but we'll deal with that. But no, I mean, like, uh, did you guys have any... You guys are Rise Records. You're on, you're on a huge label now. Two years ago, you guys were little nobodies. Yeah. And uh, did you guys ever think you'd be at this level by this point? Whatever level this is. Does it feel different? Well, we played the same place two years ago. Yeah. So, uh, and, and two years ago, you were headlining. And now you're opening. Well, I think that was more of a coin flip at in that tour. So yeah. was it was with the same band. Touring with the same band. Yeah. Now we're opening for that band. So It works out. They're on a big, huge label now. So right. Not that you guys aren't. but so. Um, I saw you guys last year at South by Southwest. You were telling me you had a bunch of different label options, but yet you went with Rise Records. We didn't have a bunch of options so much as that we there were a few things we debated. I guess would be the thing. We went with Rise because they were quick, kind of. They were, they were excited about doing it, like really kind of quick and excited about it. And yeah, um, and they're really you know, and they do a really good job. You know, yeah. it was very. We knew like from when we started recording what like the timeline was. Of, I think we had a release date like the first week we were recording, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it didn't change. And, it, uh, it's not scary to have like that set in stone already. Well, I think it would have been scary if it was maybe the week before we started recording, but you know, we were already recording, so it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was very reasonable and made sense. And yeah, you know, I, I like the new direction that they're taking things with this label, but their fans don't seem to be too keen on it. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the internet stuff about you guys was just it was a laugh riot. Yeah. All the other little YouTube. Uh, comments and Facebook quotes. Uh, what did you guys think of all that? Fine. Was it funny? <laughs> I could care less, really. Yeah. But uh, and that's the thing. Like, that's what people say on the internet. But I don't really like. Well, that's time with Rise. We had a discussion about it. We're like, it, you know, as long as it's a someone who does what they need to do to get the records out, it really doesn't matter what the label. Yeah, maybe I'm wording that wrong. But. No, I mean, when we talked to them, like pretty good length too, and they were, uh, you know, and they, their heads in the right place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Basically, it's like it's like I don't care that they have this genre is like what they have going on right now. Like they're into us and they want to put out the record yeah. that we want to make, and it's going to get to everyone who needs who wants to get it. And we, we've gotten everything we could possibly ask yeah, for yeah. as well. Like you know. We have, we have posters at all the shows now, which is you know, which is a small, small but giant thing for like a band, a band like us to actually go to every venue and see that like, oh, they got posters for the show and they <laughs> put them up and like any kids will be like, oh, I went to the record store and got the record, which is 
pretty cool to think about, actually. Like, this, you know, that's that's a new one. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, their pre-order packs were pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I ordered the uh, big fancy one with uh, the coffee mug and the hoodie and whatnot, and like mm-hmm. just the packaging and everything was top notch. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I like the fact that they're trying to diverse, diversify rather than just sit sit on this thing and let it go stale. They're sure. reaching out and picking up other stuff that's going to take them into this next level. So I'm glad that you guys are a part of that. Thanks, yeah. man. So, um, uh, so you, how many surgeries have you had now? Three. Three? Three. No more on the road? Did you say earlier you had another one on the way? No, I had one. Last night I was in December. Yeah. December. So you're writing this album. Were you in? What was your headspace on this album? Like you just reco- you're recovering from surgery. Well, I had a lot more like, time to do it because I couldn't do anything that's right. at home. Um, so, which was maybe good and bad. But I'm, I'm sure it af- affected it. But I'm, I guess I'm not certain how. <laughs> yeah. You know, like obviously I was doing a different, had a different lifestyle. Like I was kind of sitting at home and then. Um, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Sh- maybe in a year I'll know that one better. That's interesting. <laughs> cool. Um, I mean, how, how, and how about you? I mean, you guys went from that whole touring, what, you guys were on tour for pretty much six months straight, eight months, year straight, to sitting at home and, well, it's time to record an album. Yeah. Was that difficult or we was actually, it And we had actually put off recording because we kept getting more, you know, opportunities for tour. Yeah. Um, like, we were going to be recording the beginning of last year was our plan. We didn't have a label or anything. We just said we're gonna go record this record, and then, uh, and then we got a tour with Against Me came up, and then after that we did a few other. We did the Flatliners and Two Cow Garage, and then Europe. Then we up. went to Europe for a month and a half, and then they were probably like, okay, we're gonna make this record now. And uh, by that point, we had the label set, um, you know. And after the Against Me tours, when Tom, Tom came, you know, got on board or whatever, and so I'm glad we waited, but it was. Definitely a lot of touring. Yeah. And then a lot of what's what three years between records? Two years, <coughs> two and a half. Yeah, yeah. that's yep. that's a good length of time. Um, so, what was the writing process like for this one? Was Tom like influential on any of that before the studio? Um, yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, hey. he, uh, sorry. Uh, no, he was like I think at the point of having like ten songs is when it was the first time where it was where we kind of began like working on, out out the songs and structure and things like that. And then you know as beyond that point, like I'd gone on the Florida, I think just kind of like and he had he had heard the songs, but it was the first time I went through them all and um, and kind of made sure every part. And you know for the most part they stayed pretty close to like the first time we kind of went through and changed them up, but. Um, and then each song uh, that I write kind of as it kept going, you know, we just take it song by song. Yeah. So it was cool. Now, at first it was kind of like this, just this big batch where it's like, all right, well, let's get these sorted out. And then after that, it was kind of casual where it'd be like, send a demo. And then you'd be like, well, what do we think about this? And so, you know, when we practice it, it'd be like, well, we could do this or this or this. And just basically have more ideas that we, and we'd just try it out and see what felt best. And he didn't really have a, an attitude or personality. It was like, well, this is how you're doing it. It's, it's always like, we'll try this, and you know, a lot of times, it, a lot of times it would just be, 
the first time we go through it, like, well, that just feels so much better that you can't even remember the way you were playing it before because it feels this way flows so much better. But um, was it intimidating working with him? I mean, you did the tour. But. Well, no, not really at all. It, not any. It was I, not for me. Like, no, uh, I, don't think actually, I, I felt was. more relaxed. I think yeah. doing that than I ever have recording. Yeah, it was more just like. Everyone was there. It was. Just, I, I I don't even know why. Yeah. I was just really just chill. And now we've done <clears> it a couple times. Like when we first recorded, I'd never recorded on a record or anything before, so I was like a little more nervous then, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we knew exactly what we're. We kind of timed it out exactly how we wanted to do it, and um, Tom came up to Lansing for uh, like a week, and we worked on songs and did a lot of like tempo mapping, just figure out exactly what speed each song should be and. And we kind of planned a lot of that head, so we just kind of went in there and just said, okay, let's start. You know, just, you know. Plus, he also, like, you know, really gave a shit about it. Like, yeah, he didn't really, he didn't need to do the record, you know, like. Well, this, he, is, this is his first producing gig, wasn't right, it? Right, right. So he just, it was, and that kind of, you know, that was just kind of fun to have another person that was excited about about the process at all. Yeah. So, um, you talked about you guys knew which ones were going to be acoustic versus electric. Um, which one? Uh, on the new, I can't remember the Cord name. Empty? Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why? You guys released the uh, electric version as a demo, or we actually, or whatever. Yeah, it was like the first demo, which we didn't yeah. record on. But no. we actually recorded the full. Like when we were doing the record. We still recorded the thorough full bit. We listened to it last night, actually. That song, when Ian was working on it, is when you you were doing the solo shows. Oh, you did I a had like a year before that. But you did, uh, I don't remember what it was, somewhere in Michigan you did a solo set. I remember you yeah, played yeah. that song. It was the first time I think I heard it when you played at that show. And then, uh, and then we started working on it for that. But I remember just watching him play. The first time I ever heard it was... You know, full version of him playing acoustic and had everything pretty much down. We made some tweaks, but I'm like, this song is awesome, just like that. No, I, yeah. I agree. And then, and then we tried to do a full band, and just never felt like it really clicked the right way. And uh, then we were in DC, and we did like five demos for the record. That's what we were sending around to labels. And um, and uh, even then, it was like this. It's really like out of the demos, like that one came out the best, but mm-hmm. it was kind of. This wasn't really our. It was kind of like a fluke. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes when we record something, we've even talked about this with like any other song, where a lot of times it would be the song where it's you know the last song you think about recording, and you're not even sure you're gonna record it. Like you'll do it if you have time or whatever. And it, a lot of times, it, maybe it's just you just try harder because you think you're gonna fuck it up. But like uh, we've been surprised like that. Or, or maybe it's <laughs> the opposite. Like yeah. yeah, let go. Loose. That song for the first record was no one to blame. I was yeah. like learning it. While we're recording it, okay. yeah. I remember this this record. If you can't swim, was like, you know, only ran through it a couple times before you even yeah. recorded it. Well, right way too. Right way. Also, right, yeah. we had right. never played through that as a band until like like five days before we started <laughs> recording the record. That's yeah. Right. I, I, I like that you guys have the acoustic song on this one, and then there's her and cigarettes, which we talked about at length already today. Yeah, you know, it, there wasn't an acoustic song on the second album, though, was there? No, the intro song kind of, not really. Kind of, yeah. yeah, and I don't think there's guitar in it. I don't think there's ever really like an effort to make sure there's an acoustic song. Right. Like shit. But you know, I think when the song starts that way, it's it's definitely another option. Right. It fits. It works. It works well, and it's. And it's not like it comes out of nowhere on that album. It's like it fits perfectly being acoustic there. Do you Thank play you. it live? No. No? No. We should. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Our sets are, we like to just kind of keep playing when we play live. It just seems like too much of an event for a 30 to 40 minute set to get a guitar and, you know. Are you going to do more acoustic touring? No, I have no, no plans or I want to do that. <laughs> Understandable. I gave it a shot. It didn't really, it's, it's not where I'm at, I don't think. Cool. You know. Um, so Lansing, Michigan. We don't. I, I don't think of Lansing, Michigan, as like this epic center of rock. Yeah. Isn't that where Roseanne was based? Roseanne, really? No. Roseanne based no. in Lanford. Lanford. That's what I'm. You know, the Tooth Fairy was based in Lansing. That Tooth Fairy with uh, with the Rock. Oh wow, nice. Um, I Matthew, never never watched that movie. Yeah, Matthew Lillard was from there. Yeah, the SLC Punk and Malcolm X too. Mm. Um, so, how did you guys get into playing the style of music that you are currently involved in? Um, I mean, it's I, mean, I don't know. It was it was easy to start a band that way. There was three of us. It was simple, <laughs> you know. So. What what were your early bands that kind of who you were imitating? Remember all the ones everybody calls us out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was, what, six, seven years old, like, like 91 or whatever, you know, like I had, I had Nevermind and whatever rock, you know, R.E.M., Nirvana, even like Pearl Jam, all that, all that stuff that was getting big then and the Jim Blossoms and, um, and then we all got into punk rock and stuff and, and, uh, but even at a young age, I, we were all into, at least Ian and I, our dad, um, always had punk records and stuff we always listened to. And uh, We still listen to a lot of radio rock, too. Because we, Adam, we found out later that Adam's dad had taken him to a lot of the same shows. Yeah, when, yeah, when we were kids. Bush, Goo Goo Dolls, and No Doubt was one of them. First show, yeah. Like, second grade. I think that was when uh, Gwen met Gavin that Ooh. tour. My first show was at uh, Deftones. They were on the... I think the, they were still touring for Adrenaline, their first album. <clears throat> saw the Deftones open for Kiss with yeah. Ian yeah, yeah. and my parents. Did I cut you off earlier when I said that about the rock show thing? Uh, oh, I don't know. We're just bullshit. Yeah. Um, so how, how did you guys get out of Lansing and onto the world and onto the map with like paper and plastic? Constant touring? Well, when we, when we first started touring, uh, instead of doing like weekend tours to Ohio and like whatever, we were like, we're going to... You know, that, you can do that as a one-off, so we're just like, let's go as far as we can. So we drive, like, straight to Philadelphia and do, like, four East Coast shows and come home. That started to go well after a few times. Yeah, we did the East Coast a bunch. You know, a lot of time we got to do Fest was the first time we went oh, yeah, down yeah. south and did a lot of the things that are more just a straight line from Michigan to Florida. But even that, like, we hadn't even really toured. That was our first year where we were even playing shows, like, out of town and stuff, and, uh... <clears throat> the label that put out the first press of Family Drink Home, uh, Low Stipe, our friend Sean, had um, submitted us for his best. And um, and then Tony just picked us out of the submissions and uh, just randomly. Yeah, I mean, was, uh, he always, I think he always tries to pick a few bands, maybe not the last few years, but bands submit every year and he tries it. And so we got lucky there and I just kind of started a lot of stuff. And the wheels. That was that was the first year we toured, and then we're kind of like, okay, we've done all this and this, and now we can actually let's do them all at the same time, yeah. all one tour, and we just kind of start doing it, and then just and then meet. It took us forever to come out here, actually, out west. We, we did UK before we did West Coast, actually. Wow. And, so, yeah. <laughs> and we've even said that being from Michigan is kind of is beneficial in the sense that we were able to go do those East Coast tours at first, 
and only have to take a week off work and then go do the Midwest, you know, a couple weeks later because you can split it in half a lot easier than you would think. Yeah. Well, I, I look at what comes through Lansing and, like, the shows there seem to be pretty damn awesome. Yeah. Like, they're getting better. They're getting better. A lot of people are skipping Detroit, you know, and there's clubs in, in Lansing now. There's a few different rooms that for a variety of... You know, whatever whatever you need, they can pretty much, for the most part, do it. There's no yeah. giant theater or anything, but there's, you know. I think Detroit, too, is that whole like, perception <clears throat> that that's just a great staple of, of touring and, you know, has the history with music and this and that. Like, I think it's kind of a myth at this point. Like, I think, not to say they won't there's great know, clubs be back. And yeah, there's, there's incredible but, venues, but even when we'll go see bands like that. That we think are going to draw, yeah, you know, like. It's always true. We're just like, where is it? We'd go see Sam I Am. Like, oh, 35 people. Or, you know, you'd go see, like, stuff like Super that. Super Chunk wasn't even... Yeah, Super Chunk had a couple hundred people where, like, I went to Philadelphia. I flew to Philadelphia to see, the, like, the same tour, and there was 1,400 people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, granted, Philadelphia is a little more outgoing than Detroit. But uh, but still, like, I mean, like, just really, you know, hardly anybody comes to the shows. So we've never played Detroit. We play Detroit once a year, and it's a fluke. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, and there's also um, a few different. Oh, there's like, I mean, there's promoters in every town, but there's uh, a few that all kind of work together. And they're kind of like, hey, I'm gonna do that show. Okay, well, I'm gonna do this one and this, and they, they actually all work together. And they're like, yeah, let's skip Detroit and this, and like they'll kind of say, you should do Lansing this time instead. And they, they, it's yeah. kind of a cool. Grand Rapids is always kind cool, of like it was kind in of the a mix. cool scene of that. That's all. There's been a one company that. They're not a giant company, but they do shows kind of in every, all the like the main mid Michigan cities and stuff, and and they'll, they, like hey, we're doing this and this town, I supposed to do this here, and they, they do a pretty good job at it. Yeah. So, um, do you guys see yourself staying in Lansing for a while? As the home base, is it a good home base? Uh, economically, yes. Cheap as hell. Yeah. It's really cheap. Um, I mean, I have no no problems with Michigan in general. I like Michigan. So I have no problem. It'd be nice to, you know, spend part of my life somewhere else, too. Yeah. I mean, I like, like, we live there, but, you know, the last three years, we've only been home about half the year with that. And so we, we see everything all the time. Sometimes you wish you were, you hit a city, like, damn, I wish I could stay here you know, but even that would get old after a while yeah. really well, and, and most, of, most of this new album kind of seems to be about moving and traveling and shows is that right or am I just making that up like, where are you getting like, that from out of curiosity uh, the first song um, Gone All Summer that's what's it about do you even want to care do you yeah, like talking no, about it, it, it is, that, that is one that people constantly think is like a touring which has nothing to do with touring but um, now I'll make you think but no yeah no I don't know that's another one too because I can't really write when we're on tour so I, that's an area that's untapped as far as I see right now so, so how do you find that spot for all you guys to like sit down and write do you, do you, did you have to just make yourself do it or did it just come do you have to relax for a couple of weeks, decompress? Well, who knows? I, I mean, I personally don't do any writing. You just hit the pot. You just hit the pots and pans. Pretty much. I don't. I haven't read anything for too I mean, we, once we get together, we'll, we'll change some things around. But as far as uh, these guys do all the writing, Ian does all the, the core of everything. <laughs> the, the puppet master. <clears throat> Ian kind of writes the songs on acoustic guitar, and I come home from work and we play together and. And then send them Ben a demo. 
Shout to practice. Uh, so the new album's out. You guys are you guys are about to hit some big shows. Like you're opening up the Bouncing Souls CD release shows. I mean, what what else is going on? What else is coming up? Anything exciting? Yeah, there are exciting things. We're kind of it's kind of one of those things right now where it's we're gonna be doing something, <laughs> but which which something that is isn't we haven't we haven't really you know figured out which which one's best. So um. I mean, you know, we, we kind of have a tendency to stay busy, so... Um. Yeah, this is, we're in the middle of six-week, full U.S. We're going just about everywhere we can in the country on this, and uh, I mean, there are places we're leaving out, but but um, we'll be home for a few weeks, then we're going to do a week of shows in Canada, then we're home for a few weeks, then we're doing those soul shows and a few dates around that, and then we'll probably head out west again in the fall, and I know we're going to Europe in the fall. We don't have any details yet. No. Well, you guys have got uh, Hot Water Music as label mates. Does that mean uh, a Hot Water Music Cheap Girls tour? Please? We'd love to. We, uh, I think it's been joked about, but I don't know if the record comes out this month, right? Or next month? It comes out in May. May. Oh. Soon. Yep. It's, almost, it's almost next month. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we joked about it. I remember I was joking with Chris about it back at the fest. We played right by... Uh, Shift these and we were talking about. I don't know oh, if there's been a sober conversation. But, but uh, yeah, it would be awesome. And then the Souls are, their new record's coming out on that also. And, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm just really excited. You guys have seemed to firmly grab a good place in this thing that you're doing. And I'm excited. Could be happier for a group of three people that I've uh, had the pleasure of touring with. Now let's talk about me going on this next tour. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's okay. Um, You're welcome. Anytime you want. Yeah, well, yeah, my, my biggest regret is not jumping in the van after that drunken incident at the Triple Nickel and just yeah, standing yeah. with it. Weren't we in the drive-thru at a Del Taco when it was figured out? <laughs> yeah. I, super drunk? Yeah. I, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. No, we totally were. I, uh, I just remember waking up the next morning at JJ's house going... Two and a half hours of sleep. Wait, That's the thing is that tour that was like one of our. We've talked about that being like one of the <clears throat> just a, a great but awful tour because those drives were just so intense. We and I remember the next morning we woke up that morning. I'm oh, sorry, to cut we you had off. to leave at like six thirty in the morning though, right? It was like, like, eight, it was like eight thirty. We oh, hit okay. the road at eight. I don't remember. Got that. to from Colorado Springs. The roll, Phoenix, rolled into right? Phoenix at ten p.m. Loaded straight to stage. Played. Loaded, loaded out and drove overnight to San Diego. San Diego. Oh. And, so we, and we got into San Diego at 8 a.m. So it was the weirdest fucking like. It would have you would have remembered it. You know, it was a weird weird tour. It was nuts. Well, okay. Um, I'm I'm. I think the opening band should have already started playing. So yeah. If not already. Um, so anything else you guys want to leave off with? No, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. man. Thanks, I've I've been hearing a lot about. Nice. Nice. It's been good. Laura Stevenson said uh, very kind things about you guys the other day. Not oh. not actually on the show, but once I hit stop, that's when the good stuff started. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I guess. We're all right. I guess. I guess. I guess that's all we got. So uh, the album's out now, and we'll see you on the road. Thank awesome. you. Yeah, man. Thanks. 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 Well, all right, buddies. That was me hanging out with the uh, cheap girls downstairs at the Marquee Theater. Thanks to the Menzingers and Sidekicks and Elway for providing background noise and entertainment uh, as always it was a fantastic show uh, huge fan of the band uh, their new album giant orange is out now on rise records i highly recommend it um if 
it doesn't jump out at you right away. Um, I I tend to think that the cheap girls are growers, not showers. Uh, it's something you kind of listen to and marinate on, and they it just their their songs just get stuck in your head and you can't get them out. Uh, another interesting fact is on the second album, My Roaring Twenties, uh, they have a song that goes something along the lines of uh, last year I went, you know, talking about we're all wearing the costumes that we've been wearing long past the Halloween season. And last year I went as a cleaned up me. And this year I'm going for a plea for whatever the hell he mumbles. And uh, <laughs> what's funny is, is I've gone out on Halloween without even without having heard that song, and I went as a cleaned-up me one year for Halloween, mostly because I look goddamn fucking great in a suit. But yeah, Cheap Girls, growers, not showers. Go check them out. You can listen to all their albums over on uh, Spotify, which uh, I've recently become quite addicted to. Uh, check them out. And we're about to do... I, I got a really, really special treat for you. Uh, I recorded some live audio from the uh, their, uh, their show at the Marquee Theater. I've got... It's a kind of a jumble of three songs they played all at once, so it, it and it works out great. You can kind of hear me singing off key in the background. Sorry about that. Eh, whatever. Uh, the songs they're about to play is called "No One to Blame" off their first album, "Find Me a Drink Home." Then they go right into "Sunnyside" off "My Roaring Twenties," and they end the uh, they end this little thing with "Mercy Girl Round" by uh, of Giant Orange. Uh, three really great songs. Three of my favorites. Played them all in a row. And we got them here on this podcast. And like I say, uh, check out uh, Uh I'll have some videos posted of Ian playing Hey Hey I'm Worn Out and uh, Chord to Empty. And uh, so yeah. And if you like the show, if this is your first time listening, please check out the uh, the backlog. I got some really great interviews up there. To Cal Garage, uh, Brendan Kelly, Lawrence Arms, Frank Turner, Andrew WK. Uh, cool stuff. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe. Like us on Facebook. Uh, write me an email. I love feedback. Love it. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. And uh, yeah, we got t-shirts and for sale and some other shit. So uh, without any further ado, here is uh, that excerpt of that live set from the Marquee Theater in Denver, Colorado. And this uh, this is No One to Blame, Sunnyside, and Mercy Go Round. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great one.
have two songs left in the men's game that are playing.